Oh, buenos dias. Good morning. You know, I don't like. Hello, bonjour. I know that buenos dias is a greeting, but I don't know what the actual like. Is that good morning, or is it? Um, is it hello? Hmm. Is it? You may marry my daughter. I don't. I'm, I don't know. I'm fairly. I'm fairly ignorant when it comes to Spanish. I don't have a whole lot of uh, knowledge. It might be good morning. Buenos. Buenos yeah. definitely means good. Yeah. Uh, good day. Uh, good day. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be day. Dias yeah, has no, to be day. Good morning. Good morning is uh, what Google's telling me. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. there you go. Well, buenos dias. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh. And also to the listeners, welcome to the show. Right. <laughs> we are, yeah, anyway. First of the month, March 1st. What a what a good day to release an episode. Yeah, that's... I'm so glad we planned it that way. It, it actually, it's just so satisfying being like the very first day of the month. Like what Is a it? better way to celebrate the beginning, the dawn of a new month than... An episode of the Movie Men. Yeah, I think maybe you feel more confidently about that than I do. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah. welcome to all of the movie fans, uh, people who love movies, um, and also to our moms. Who mm, does your yes. mom listen? She does. Yeah, I think mine does. My mom listened. Uh, <laughs> I think she listened. She for sure listened initially. I think initially mm. she was like, "Well, it's it's my son, and I love sure. him, so I'm going to listen." Right. Uh, but then maybe she got into it a bit, and she was like, eh, "I don't love him that much." <laughs> I mean, so I have my limits. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got some stuff to. You, you're the housekeeping guy. For sure. Let's let's get some housekeeping out of the way before we get down to business. Um, the first is we are making some changes to Patreon. And so you, someone, I just heard someone say actually in the background, what's Patreon? Patreon is a way for you to support our show, (laughs) for help us to pay the bills, keep the lights on, and for us to kind of use the money to kind of help build and grow the show. Um, So you can check out the link below. There's a bunch of cool goodies from tiers one to four. But the change is, uh, anyone who's tier three or above, tier three has a changed perk. Instead of having what it was before, we're adding that it counts for five votes. So when you vote for movies, your vote counts for five. Right. So, and I mean, what's crazy about this change is we're, like, we're literally not asking for anything extra. Right. No. We're, we're, we're saying, hey, anyone who, who's already set up with us, mm-hmm. here's you a little it. extra. Yeah. Here's some more. Take some more. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so basically, tier one mm-hmm. for a dollar a month yep. gets you access to uh, our back catalog of bonus episodes. Right. As well as all future bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. Tier two, which is $3 a month, gets you the previously mentioned benefits. Mm-hmm. Plus, it gets you. Uh, three times the voting power everywhere that you vote. Yeah. For yep. our for our movie, uh, you know, when yep. we're determining what movie we're going to review next. Tier three 
now get you mm-hmm. all of the previously mentioned shiz. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, your votes are worth five. It's five dollars right. a month. So five dollars for five votes, three dollars for yep. three votes. And it's not yep. even like it doesn't even really work out that way because it's three dollars a month. But we have more votes than like you're getting a lot more than three votes for right. the three dollars. Like um, I would say, way more than one vote a month. Way more. Yeah. Um, and then tier uh, four is all mm-hmm. of the previously mentioned stuff. Yep. Plus, when you sign up, mm-hmm. uh, we send you some merchandise. Right. Um, so that's you know, everyone likes that merch yeah swag yeah so sign up Um, cloth with emblem on it yeah if you're already signed up thank you so much Mm -hmm. Uh, we really appreciate it if you're already signed up and you're thinking man like i don't feel like i'm giving enough (laughs) you know that's to each their own to each their own (laughs) but if you are signed up like That's and I, uh, that's not me saying like I'm not trying to encourage anyone no, no, to no. give more. No, no, no. If no. you're already giving, I'm so grateful for you. If you're not giving, I'm also so grateful for you. I'm just yeah, you know, we're just happy. I'm saying there's options. You can mm. if, basically what I'm saying is if you signed up for tier one and you're thinking, ah oh, man, tier three sounds wicked awesome. Like, <laughs> well, I made a mistake. Or it's tier two sounds late. wicked. It's yeah, it's it's yeah, pretty easy to switch. And in, in, un, unlike life, this is a Nintendo game where you can kind of redo things or change things. It's not set in stone. Right. Yeah. Um, any other housekeeping? Um, other than the obligatory, just if you haven't, like, follow, subscribe, wherever you follow us on social media and wherever you listen to us. Uh, if you have the opportunity to, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or iTunes, just write us a good review. We really appreciate it. The last piece of housekeeping. Can I say I was really concerned for a second because our last Uh-oh. piece of housekeeping is yeah. the fact that we're going to give an incredible shout out to an incredible fan. Ooh, yes. Uh, and our currently our only tier four supporter. Right. Um, Daphne Kirkpatrick. Oh, yes. And I knew Super we had to fan. do that. And so when you started your sentence by saying the obligatory... <sighs> Oh no! I thought that's where you were going. I thought no. you were like, "Well, and the obligatory shout out to Daphne." Nothing obligatory uh, and Daphne don't fit together in the same sentence at all. Uh, I don't think. I, I mean, let it stew. If you come up with a sentence where it makes sense, like I by would, all means, I would say, I would say, uncontrollable. <laughs> appreciation for Daphne is pretty obligatory. You know, like I you mean, don't even you're just you're naturally obligated to to like Daphne. She's great. I feel like that's you're not wrong, but the use maybe, of maybe the obligatory you yeah, the use of the obligatory word was a stretch, but you're not wrong with your intent. Right. I feel like maybe obligatory is always negative. It's always I, a hassle. You know, it does seem not fun. Like it seems like a hassle. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, oh, Daphne. Right. Daphne. I'm shouting you out. Yeah. That Actually, also I'm sounded also, negative. <laughs> I'm also shouting her out because she voted for 
the movie that didn't win, but a movie that I absolutely adore. So it was a co-shout out. Which was Saving Private Ryan. It was. Yeah. yeah. It's a good movie. Very good. I I'd argue I don't I'd know argue the sur- best I'd argue the best of the four. Wow. I would disagree, but that's cool. I mean, also the other thing is the four movies that we picked were all good movies. So I mean if you yeah. made an argument for any of the other three, I might not agree, but I might be like, You have you have mail you have merit. Like I, I would say I would say it's clearly the least iconic of the four. But I wouldn't necessarily yes. say that it's the worst of the. F- yeah, I don't know. Like I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like, you know, yeah. In 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 a pure category of what is iconic, mm-hmm. you've got Jurassic Park, which speaks Just, for itself. Yep. E. T. Which is yes. like a, yep. a generational film. Oh yeah. Hook, which is again one of those like just from its cast to its story to its right. its execution of it um and then saving private ryan which is a really great movie right. um but it's a world war two like it, world war two movies are a dime a dozen right so i i think i think right. maybe just the um just from a genre standpoint it loses out in its iconicness um yeah but that but that doesn't diminish from the quality of the film like oh all. no absolutely not okay well uh so yeah I, we did steven spielberg films mm-hmm. D- uh, directed specifically right directed. not produced because mm-hmm. um, that opens a whole can of yeah you, you really have to draw the line somewhere yeah um and hook one yeah and can yeah, i say i'm i'm very happy that's that's the one I was rooting for, and and I'm pretty sure, I was pretty confident going into the vote that Hook stood a really good chance. I'm yeah. This this episode, I'm gonna let you take the reins because you have a horse in this race, and I was like, there there was a lot of outpouring as far as the volume of votes and attention this movie got during our vote. It was. I, f- I feel like you were somewhat caught off guard like when i told you who was in the lead i I thought i feel like you were actually befuzzled i completely was there was another film that was close but it was close for a little bit and then just hook just kind of said buzz off and then it just kind of shot ahead and like never looked back right um yeah and i think that just comes to back well uh, like uh, we might talk about this later i don't think I actually had ever fully watched this movie. Okay. And so that probably played into it a little bit where I was like, oh, Hook, it's probably a good movie. Probably some people like it, but it's not X, Y, Z, the other movies, so it doesn't stand a chance. And then I was like, oh, apparently it, it does. So, I mean, and you gave this film its its best um, chance from a contextual standpoint because you actually... Yes. Uh, you preceded the film by watching the Disney animated Peter Pan. Right, Peter Pan, and and this is kind of at your tutelage because you, I was kind of you kind of talked me through it, and obviously you have a bit more invested in Hook, and you were like, you know, if you have the time, check this out. And I don't think it was, and you said this, I don't think it was necessary to watch the two together, 
but I'm very happy I did. Right, and and I think what's really interesting is although um, Peter Pan is obviously a Disney film, right, and this isn't, right, right. This does work one hundred percent as a direct sequel. Like like it's it's stylized, right. right. The costume design, everything, is meant. Right to be a continuation of the Disney one. Mm, right. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I would Okay. Agree. Well, uh, let's jump into it. Let's do it. Um, so the film starts out, Peter Banning is a successful corporate lawyer in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Right. But his workaholic lifestyle strains his relationship with his wife, Moira, and mm-hmm. his children, Jack and Maggie. Right. Yeah, and it's, and it's you know... It's it's the age old story of um, <laughs> dad doesn't make it to baseball games. Mm-hmm. Dad's on the phone during Maggie's play. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But this yeah. this film starts out, and um, and you're already right away like Maggie is in a a, a Peter Pan Peter Pan play. She's she's playing right. Wendy in right. a in a elementary school adaptation of of peter pan um Mm -hmm. which is fun like it kind of i find i feel like there's the theming in this movie Hmm. is really strong right Right. um yeah so i'm i'm really curious on a lot of these things where you you know having come Mm -hmm. into the film a little bit more of a skeptic um yes as as we go through the movie, kind of talk me through your your experience, either rediscovering or or in some mm. ways discovering the film for the first for sure. time. Yeah. Um, the family prepares to fly to London to visit Moira's grandmother, Wendy <laughs> Darling. Right. Um, so basically, the premise is Wendy, Wendy mm. Darling, which is mm. Wendy from the Peter Pan story. Yeah. Um, is a real woman. Yep. She is um, the grandmother of Moira. Peter's P- wife. Peter's wife. Yep. Um, who, as a child, uh, her and her brothers, Michael and John, mm. came up with some wondrous stories about yeah. pirates and mermaids and... Um, Lost Boys and Peter Pan mm-hmm. um, and their neighbor um, loved the story so much loved the stories that they told uh, and mm-hmm. he happened to be a publisher and so he he published their stories um, mm-hmm. and that's how we ended up with the stories of Peter Pan is, is right. kind of the premise mm-hmm. Um Peter, in an effort to complete his work before leaving, inadvertently misses Jack's baseball game, um, right. which is an imp- is a really important plot point because it kind of fuels the relationship that Jack and Peter have for the majority of the rest of the film. Right, right. Um, he missed my baseball game. Mm-hmm. The plane's going to crash and you don't get a parachute. <laughs> Is yeah, kind of a, was, it's it's kind of pretty, a reoccurring theme. That was pretty cold blooded. Yeah. Well, um, mm. in London, mm. Peter is drawn away by work and yells at his children for interrupting them in a business call. 
Mm-hmm. So, so my thing here is, I'm totally on board. Where I go, Robin Williams, honest to goodness, you're being kind of a neglecting father here. But also, I, I like probably like one percent of me was still of the mindset like kids just for like. 30 seconds can you guys let dad take this business call like just just for 30 seconds do you have to yell at him incessantly like right when he picks up the phone yeah i mean i think i think when i watch it i think because moira is not doing anything to hush them either true um and and i think what i kind of pick up on is you know what the last five years have been a business call right True. And and she, I think Moira has reached the point where, um, if Peter's career needs to tank in order for him mm. to reconnect with his children, that's an acceptable right. loss. Right. Um, right. And so she's just kind of she she doesn't she doesn't emotionally have the strength to. Right. Um, encourage or fuel anything business related for him because it's mm. because his work and his addiction to work has just become such a sore such a sore spot right yeah so uh, yeah I get it it's it's one of those things in film where the practicality of it is like if it's just a one-off in real life just stop talking but it, it's obviously used as a device to illustrate his life up to that point where business comes first, the kids are ignored and yelled at and neglected and whatnot. And really displays some range for Robin Williams. Like this is one of those mm. roles where yes, there's some really mm-hmm. funny moments. Um, yep. and, and he's got some of his typical Robin William lines. Um, right. but at the same time, yeah, like we see him cry, we see him yell, we see, we all, we see all sorts of, Mm. range That's from true. him in this movie yeah um this is causes an argument between moira and peter uh mm-hmm. in which she ends up throwing peter's cell phone out the window right and so just giving you my indication of how i felt about this movie so we'll get into some spots there were some spots like in any movie that i felt like dragged a little bit and i wasn't like oh this scene is just magic but there were some absolutely just heart-melting scenes for me. And one of them was where they had this argument and Mora was like, listen, you're, you're, you're spewing away these years of this, your children being like young and imaginative and actually wanting to have anything to do with you. If you don't, if you don't stop ignoring them, pretty soon you're going to wake up and then you'll be chasing them for some attention and they'll be ignoring you kind of yeah. like the cats and the cats in the cradle thing and that so that that argument i was like okay this this is you you got to wake up here to uh, robin williams you got to yeah. you got to wake up yeah uh he responds incredibly well to her throwing the phone out the window like he's he's he doesn't yell at her he doesn't lose no. it with her he's just kind of more <laughs> Like, he kind of laughs a little bit in sort of this confused, like, what actually just happened? Like... Right. What? Are you... Are you, are you crazy? Like, what? You know, he doesn't, <laughs> like, fly off the handle and, you know, so right. good on him. 
And when you have to think of the context too, I never thought of that. Like if someone threw your, you know, Android out the window today, I would still be kind of upset. But especially in the 90s, like when self personal cell phones were kind of like new and incredibly expensive, like that's that's a big deal. They're still incredibly expensive. Fair. The new phone is like $1200 if you buy it outright. That's true. The cost that's hasn't changed ridiculous. just the capabilities have. Yeah. Um, that evening, Peter, mm. Moira, and Wendy attend a charity dinner in Wendy's honor. Yeah, they're opening, uh, like an orphanage for her. Um, right. Because it turns out that Wendy has, over the years, um, facilitated in the adoption of many orphans. Like, she's, that's kind yeah. of been her, a ton. <clears throat> been her legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, while Toodles... An old friend of Wendy and Liza, Wendy's housekeeper, watch over the children. When the adults return, they discover the house ransacked, the children missing, and a ransom note supposedly written by Captain James Hook. Yeah. And this is where you kind of... um, This is where the where the Peter Pan theming, this is where the the secret kind of begins to unravel. Hmm. Um, you know, and obviously I know where the story's going, but, but I think it'd be mm-hmm. so interesting to sit and watch this film for the first time mm-hmm. with no preconceived notion of what hmm. it is about, right? right? And so I think that moment would be so interesting when... When Wendy you, tells Peter, right, you know, your kids are in Neverland, and your Captain kids are Hook in Neverland. The, the stories are real, right? Yeah, you are Peter Pan. You are Peter Pan. This, these are real stories. Yeah. To which he 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 clearly like he dismisses pretty. <laughs> he know. thinks he's like dying or having a stroke or something. Well, I, he thinks that you know, and and he thinks that that Wendy is like uh, she, you know a she's Freudian. Up there. Oh yeah, Wendy's you know, up there, but like he thinks Tinkerbell, it. and he thinks like tink- when he sees Tinkerbell, he thinks it's like a Freudian like um, hallucination or something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. And yeah. Like, eventually, she shows up, but like even yeah. just in it, just in Wendy saying like, right? You know, because yeah. Wendy talks yeah. about like the way she breaks into it mm. is you know she says she, she she's kind of reminiscing and she tells him like, right? You know. She she looks at him before she even says you're Peter Pan or any any of that stuff. She looks at him and she's she's talking about how um, she used to be so in love with him and and she was always convinced that he would show up and and you know that, that they would someday be married and and all of this and stuff. He, but he never and he's showed. Like, Grandma, yeah, this he's is got weird. he's got this like what. What, are you, what um, is happening? What are you talking about, right? Grandma. Um, they did an incredible job of aging Maggie Smith. Let's just talk about the yeah. fact that Maggie Smith yes. plays plays yes. Wendy. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's only 56 years old when they filmed this. Really? Uh, but they've aged her right up. Like, they've put yeah. they've, they've e- easily put 40 years on her. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Um, because she's just only now starting to look the way that she did when this film came out. Right. Yeah, um, that, that is incredible. Yeah. Um, 
When the do 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 Peter Peter tries to involve the authorities, but Wendy tells Peter they cannot help, and reveals to him that he really is Peter Pan. It is later explained that right. Peter had visited Wendy when she was a girl and had taken her to Neverland frequently. Although Peter mm. never aged, Wendy did, and eventually became too old to make the journey. Mm. Uh, it is at this time that Peter met young Moira, fell mm. in love with her, and decided to stay in the real world. Right. <clears throat> um, which I think was is a fun continuation of what you see in the Disney animated one. Right. Right, that he, yeah, there was that initial adventure that they went on. Yep. Um, but then he came back for her many times. Right. Yep. Um, and she would come and they would hang out and, and all of this stuff. Um, and then, she, yeah, she kept getting older and older and older and he stayed the same. Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't know. My, uh, <clears throat> my voice is... Um, Dying? I'm getting all choked up about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um fell in love decided. peter grew up forgot mm. his memories of neverland and became Very peter so. banning <laughs> lame what um, a lame last name yeah uh peter refuses to accept his story uh but then encounters tinkerbell who uses pixie dust to bring him back to neverland and this is a fun mm -hmm. scene yeah because um, Tinkerbell is played by Julie Roberts. Julie Roberts. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, and yeah, she's just, I feel like she, she did a really good job of capturing Tinkerbell's energy. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to translate because the cartoon Tinkerbell never spoke. She never spoke. So it was a nice transition to... Um, have a speaking actor, a known actor, and like a real human being play that role. Well, and and you gain some insight in the scene into their time after because during during the animated one, Tink mm -hmm. goes through a little bit of a, a envious stage over Wendy. Big time. Um, she tries to have Wendy kill. She practically hires a hitman to kill Wendy. Yeah. Um, but again, like it, you know, it's in these scenes that they reference, um, they reference the animated one, right? She says right. like, I drank yep. poison for you. Mm. Um, right. you used to call me Tink. Like just, it, yep. it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's so well tied into. Very subtly, but seamlessly. Yeah. In, in yeah. such a way that you don't. You know, it it this world that they've created of Neverland doesn't mm -hmm. take any. It doesn't require any figuring out. Right. right, right. They say they basically look at you and say, "There's an established idea of this world, mm -hmm. and we're going to stay true to that, so that it all makes so that you feel like you're returning to a place you've already been." Right. Yeah. You yeah. don't need to discover anything new. Which which is, again, why I'm glad I watched Peter Pan prior to watching this. Just because I think a lot of things would have just not been out of place, but just would have just been there. Like all these references and subtle sub -rosa things, and I would have just been like, eh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Tinkerbell drops Peter within the ranks of Hook's pirates, but both she and Hook realize that Peter lacks any of the skills that Peter Pan used to have. Um, so, so just to clarify, so like, was she? I'm just wondering why she dropped him off on all places right in the lion's den. Like, was she? So I guess she just didn't realize he had lost all his skill. Com- like completely and utterly right you're peter and was pan. just of no this is this mm. is she dropped him off he the point was that he was there to rescue his kids so she yeah. took him to where his kids were okay you're peter pan but, get your kids yeah I, I guess just i feel that she should have been more cognizant or aware of like just like he was not picking up on any of the vibes or taking off on anything she said. He was just kind of like, huh? Peter what? But. Yeah, I mean, she's a she's a fairy <laughs> who has spent the last however many hundred years hanging out with children. Right. True. Um, and, and doesn't have... Right, like, like who's... Mm-hmm. Neverland is, is a much simpler life. Right. There aren't these complex issues... Um, mm. and so, you know, maybe she's not as sensitive to that yep. and, and, yeah. you know, it just kind of makes sense to her. You're, you know, it's, it's simple math. It's one plus one. It's your Peter Pan. He's got your kids. Mm. Um, yep. you know, maybe she thought getting there would spark his memory and would, hmm. you know, yeah, I don't know. Um, Tinkerbell makes a deal with Hook to return Peter in three days for the uh, for a climactic battle, mm-hmm. uh, and Hook promises to return Peter's children if he wins. Um, yep. It's a it's a really cool scene because you um, you get the introduction of Hook, mm-hmm. played masterfully by Dustin Hoffman, which like what a yeah. what a bizarre <laughs> but worked out so wonderfully cast choice. Yeah. It's so, so interesting. Um, but again, is definitely stylized completely from the Disney animated one. You've got the red oh, coat absolutely. with the hair and the beard and the mustache. And the c- curly mustache. Yeah. And yeah. Manner. Yeah. Yeah. Fits, fits to a T. Um, mm-hmm. You have Bob Hoskins playing Smee, um, another... Right incredible actor and and yeah just like it's such a star-studded cast oh big time um so that's cool but yeah you you i love the interaction between hook and peter in this scene where hook is like your peter no there's no mm. way yeah this, hook's in agreement with robin williams he's like overaged no. over o- overweight aging yep. um Loser, non-believer, of yeah, yeah, non-believer, just yeah, yeah. Can I can I point out? Yeah. The way that Smee reveals to Hook, like confirms to Hook that this is Pan, mm-hmm. is by lifting Pan's shirt to show uh, a scar from where, uh, from where Hook got him with a hook, right? Right. And like they literally throw his passport off the ship. They're like, "Now nah, we don't want visual confirmation. We don't want yeah. to." Yeah, 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 yeah. What's that meaningless thing? But like, this is this is clearly a very gnarly 
hoof scar. It's got like a big curve to it. Yeah, it was, there's it like was a rounded... clearly a it was clearly a gash. Like Tinkerbell oh, yeah. must have put some of his intestines back in when this happened. Like this was <laughs> this is an awful scar. Right. Yeah. To which Peter mm-hmm. the lawyer mm-hmm. is convinced that this is the scar from when he had his appendix removed. Yeah. And yeah. And didn't somehow try to soothe the doctor. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's not very, it's not a very seamless, like, um, linear incision. This this is this is the scar that you get when they take your appendix out with a scythe. Like. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the scar you get when you've been in, like, a car accident and your intestines are hanging out. And they're like, well, we might as well take your appendix out while we we're here. Might as well, yeah. Your appendix has got some gravel on it, so we're. we're just... <laughs> Muzzle, well, well take it out while we're here. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. Um. Mm. Tinkerbell takes Peter to the Lost Boys, who mm. are currently being led by Rufio. Rufio. The Lost Boy initially, the Lost Boys initially scoff at the idea that Peter is Peter Pan, mm-hmm. but with Tinkerbell's help, Peter finds using his imagination helps restore some of his abilities. Uh, although he remains unable to fly or fight against Rufio, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. eventually Peter comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a bunch of things. They put him in a slingshot. <laughs> um, they try to play basketball with him. Yeah. They, um, what do they do? They do a bunch of stuff. I don't even remember what else they do. Um, yeah, a lot and it's of not working. Tactics. And it's not no. until, it's not until the, the dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, where seemingly, like, there's no food. Right. Everyone's just eating out of empty bowls and pots and pans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a magical moment when oh yeah peter does start using his imagination right not even just because all of a sudden food appears but from an yep. emotional character development mm-hmm. the change that you see in peter right yeah is is cool that's that scene specifically like and again it could also be part of the magic of john williams but I'm not sure I'm convinced of the magic element in this movie, like, as as far as being drawn in. But from a film-creating perspective, the transition of Pan, you know, believing and then the food appearing, that's, from a filmmaking perspective, that scene is magic. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Smee suggests to Hook, he has, mm-hmm. Smee has an apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lightning has just struck his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, he suggests uh, that Hook tries to turn Peter's children against him. Yeah. Um, although this tactic does not work with Maggie, Jack is swayed, particularly after Hook has his pirates play a game of baseball. Like, she doesn't bite whatsoever. No. At she all. She says, I but miss she... my mom. Yep. 
not even remotely. He kind of he's slow to come aboard, but then he once it's kind of the snowball effect, and then he just he's full blown. Yeah. He, so here's the thing. I I mentioned this before. There were certain moments, certain scenes where I was kind of like, okay, I, I'm not looking at the clock, but there was like, okay, I'm I, I'm not into this scene specifically. So like some of the Lost Boys kind of chasing Robin Williams and kind of like the odd tactic here and there. But I love this film as far as just conceptually, it's taking this cartoon universe, but then fleshing it out just in a full feature length, like modern day film. Right. And I just loved, I loved the concept of just it being more fleshed out and being more an actual storyline of like the captain turning his children to love Peter Pan's adversary. Like I, 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 there was just something about that story aspect that I'm like, this is so fun. This is a, this is great. Mm -hmm. And even just specifically that scene, this is less of a story comment, but I just love the scene where (laughs) the magic in these movies are movies that can captivate a child audience and the adult audience. And when this, this is definitely for the adults when captain hook was, kind of bursting the bubble on the children's story time that it's not so much about the sharing of a magic story but it's just so the kids can go to sleep so the parents can have three minutes of silence yeah yeah that was good (laughs) that was good what uh how funny is the scene like as grim as subject matter as it is how funny Mm -hmm. is the scene when hook's threatening to kill himself right i so I, I'm, I'm so going to do it this time. Smee, don't you try to stop me. Don't you dare try to stop me. Smee, don't try to stop me. Smee, Smee get try off your to, ass. Yeah, try to stop me. What? I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm committing suicide, Smee. Get up off your ass. And, oh, it's so, so good. I don't... So here's my only thing. I don't know how I feel about the scene because like, I'm 98%. I love it. And it's such a hilarious scene between Smee, like the actors who play Smee and Captain Hook. Um... I, the only thing, and I, I, I guess I just don't know enough, but I, I feel just a little uncomfortable having even just the concept of suicide in a potential children's movie. That's my only, like, red flag about that scene. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's... I think it's a children's... I think it's a children-friendly movie, but I think the theming right. and... Like, the audience of this film isn't children. Right, Okay. That's fair. Right? The audience of this film is is um like when when this film comes out. Mm-hmm. Let me look up here for a second. Yeah, for sure. Cuz there was a couple scenes less so with this as far as this suicide scene, but with like on the deck when they like put that like pirate in a little chest and throw scorpions in there, I was like, Oh my goodness! Like, the, yeah, the boo box, the boo box. I was like, Depending on your age, I would just be terrified of this. All right, so this film came out in 1953. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Pan, the original Peter Pan, came out in 1953, mm-hmm. which means if you grew up with if you were a little kid when this movie came out, right? You're now in your forties. You're now pretty mm. much the same age as Peter, right? Probably and, yeah, mid to late forties. And the whole premise yeah. of this movie is, what would happen mm. if Peter Pan grew up? True. True. And so the message of the movie, right, 
is to the people who have grown up. Mm-hmm. And ret- um, having them return. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so, yeah, I, I think entirely, um, you know, it's a movie that you could watch with your kids. Uh, but... But, but not it wasn't. For I don't think. The kids. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think kids were the main because kids don't okay. care about this. No, kids want to watch the cartoon. Right. right. No, that's actually a good point. Yeah. Um, so back to your point. That is, like, it is a really funny scene. It's so funny. Um, Peter spying on Hook at the game sees this and is horrified. Mm. Um, that yeah, Jack's kind of yeah. coming around. Oh um, yeah. Tinkerbell then takes Peter to the treehouse that brought Wendy and his brothers together as children. Mm. And this again is one of those moments where it it is. It's the tree. It's the tree hmm. from the animated one. Right. Yeah. He's describing the layout where where Michael's little basket bed was. He's he's describing mm. all of it. Yeah. Um yeah. Hmm. You know, it's, it's so, and, and so you can just picture back to this time yeah. where, where it was Peter and, and these other kids and the Lost mm-hmm. Boys at that point were still dressed as different woodland creatures. Right. Right. That was their, yeah. their uniform yep. under Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess maybe Peter left and, and Rufio had them change the way they dressed or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, like, again, it's, it's just, uh, it just really pulls you back into, into (laughs) Mm -hmm. this, you know, this This universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, she not only does this to show him happy memories of his past Mm. and convince him to come up with a new happy memory, but to express that she's always loved him. Yeah. So, just walk me down. Like, what is the dynamic here as far as like, is is Peter or Robin Williams returns? And I'm I'm, we're jumping ahead, but just he's married to his wife, but he's also has like Julia Roberts as the Tinkerbell who is actively in love with him. Is that? The yeah, dynamic? basically, like he, yeah, I, he doesn't have any feelings for Tink. Yeah, okay. Um, but she always, as we've seen in the animated one, has always, right. always fought for his affection. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peter recalls how he was brought to Neverland as an infant by Tinkerbell. Mm. Yep. Uh, and then remembers the birth of his, which, yeah, happens, like, my guess would be mid to early 1800s based on the the conversation of his mothers how they're dressed how they're speaking mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know so so peter's probably been in neverland for close to 100 years prior right. to meeting wendy right um, yeah. so he's he's he's, he's an old boy yeah he's an old boy can i we're i just kind of want to stop you just because these are i want to just point out like a couple other things that i have on my like heartwarming list so one actually i I forgot i kind of slipped on it but when he was introduced to the lost boys and they're actually trying to discern is this peter pan or not and the one lost boy 
grabs his glasses, looks at them, pokes his face, examines him, and then realizes, it is you. Yeah. Oh, that, there you are, Peter. That, that scene is just melt, like heart melting. Yeah. But jumping back to where you are, where we are now talking about Peter when he was brought to Neverland by Tink and whatnot. The the scene where it it's where he ran away from home, quote unquote, uh, wanting to avoid growing up as growing up leads to death, and just also like the connect the just the seamless connection to the cartoon where they explain how Peter came to the windows uh, and finally came upon Wendy's window and just kept coming and coming and coming every spring until she was too old and forgot how to fly like that. Like I was, I wasn't tearful but that really got me in the feels i mean yeah this movie shows you him chasing his shadow yeah right like it really kind of yeah and and it it dabbles a little bit in the whole th- it, it it recognizes that a thimble was treated as a kiss yeah um you know yeah it it it's and it's so good and i love and I love like it's like I for the reasons I just said it's so emotional and that really just spoke to me. But I also just love it just because it really just kind of seamlessly kind of connects the cartoon with this movie and explains why Peter was coming to Wendy's window and why like what led to him, what led to this kind of continuing story of what we saw in the cartoon to what we right. see now. Right. I love that. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad uh, I approve. Uh, Peter recalls how he was brought there. Um, remembers the birth of his son mm. and the joy yeah. of becoming a father. Yeah. Restoring his ability to fly. This is, this is the turning moment. Mm. This is the, this is the aha moment for him. Right. This is him remembering what it is that he's forgotten to remember for so long now. Right. Right. Yep. What's been right in front of him and, and he's kind of not been cognitive to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I think hits home for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Right. It's kind it's, of a wake-up call for us all. Well, and I think it hits home... It has it has potential to hit home to different people for different reasons. It's, it's sure. going to hit home to some fathers who... Sure have you know maybe gotten too caught up in other things and have yep. stopped who have forgotten to stop and right enjoy their children sure um but potentially it also speaks to children who feel like they connect with jack right yeah um you know and and mm-hmm. maybe long for their father to have this mm-hmm. this aha moment right yeah yeah um do 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 restores his ability to fly the lost boys cheering at his success uh and rufio secedes control of his sword Mm. as well as control of the lost boys themselves to peter yeah this is a changing of the guard yeah and they and man robin williams crow is amazing when he crows Sorry, like a rooster. Oh. <laughs> right. Again, it just sells it. Like, instantly you go, um, like, yeah, from the time he, from the time he bursts out of the treehouse and he's in the, he's in the get up 
and he lands and his hair is kind of all like wind blown and <laughs> grungy like looks like he hasn't showered in a while but it's kind of this like this this forest boy charm mm-hmm. to it right and you just go okay i i i now can make the connection i now buy that this overweight lawyer <laughs> was at some point a child peter pan that yeah. he that he that he had all these adventures that he fought captain hook that he cut off hook's hand and fed it to the to the shark <laughs> that he he flirted with princess tiger lily that you know that all these all these stories all of a sudden seem more feasible um yeah i don't know uh on the third day so, peter actually, and the can i can i stop you for one second no this is a bit of anyways. a t- i'm i'm going to this is something actually i just kind of thought of on a whim here but i actually really really appreciate from a costume perspective how they perceive or how they have peter pan depicted as robin williams by the end of this movie because it's fine and oh good and okay in a cartoon to perceive peter pan but i feel like real life adaptations and i'm not a peter pan connoisseur so i could be completely wrong um but like it's it's kind of the butt of a lot of jokes like i think of just comical movies where like 21 jump street where they have just people in leotards and jumping around and it just kind of is comical but robin williams like he looks like a dope peter pan he pulls it off yeah so uh, I, I think that's that's from a story perspective um this is just like a costume design just depiction of peter pan uh, kudos to this movie well and and they in the film leans all the way into his costume like they you know there's there's right. a, when he right. first arrives back on the ship hook says how did you ever fit back into those dashing tights again <laughs> right right yeah. and it's it's yeah it's it's it it acknowledges this is a man in tights uh yeah yeah but he, but it works. He looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. On the third uh, day, Peter and the yep. Lost Boys arrive to fight the pirates as promised. Mm-hmm. Jack sees Peter fighting to rescue him and realizes that Hook has been trying to turn him against his father. Mm. Also has this holy shit, my dad is Peter Pan moment. <laughs> kind of a kind of a turbo man arnold schwarzenegger scene a little bit here like a little bit and my dad's and, peter pan and it it begs the question like have you're you're blown away by that sure but you haven't seemed overly bewildered by the fact that this is captain hook right this is never like you've you've blindly accepted the rest of this, <laughs> right? Without question. Oh sure, Captain Hook. Right? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pirates. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Pirates. Yeah. Another Tuesday afternoon for me. Fairies, no problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My dad's Captain Hook. I call shenanigans. Like what's <laughs> right? What's going on here? <laughs> 
as Peter rescues Maggie and reunites with Jack, Rufio sword fights with Captain Hook, but is fatally stabbed by Hook in this duel. I never mm-hmm. care. <laughs> I never care about Rufio's death. No, really? I mean, it's a little sad. Sure. But I think the problem is that if I were if I were to say <laughs> that this movie care. has any well if if I were to say this movie has any flaw sure. I would say that it's that the movie spends so much of its time and energy mm-hmm. pitting us against Rufio yeah mm-hmm. I spend so much of this movie not feeling yeah. like I you know feeling like you need to constantly side against Rufio yep I'd agree. And then it's not till right towards the end that all of a sudden you're expected to switch. Mm-hmm. And then feel enough emotion and weight when he dies. Right. No, I completely agree with what you're saying. Right. I, like Peter's Peter's reaction to Rufio dying makes sense. Because by the time Peter regains all of his memories. Sure. Peter remembers Rufio as one of his lost boys. Right. Right? As someone who was his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, that makes sense. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think, like, my impression of this movie was that the characters were also thought the same thing you did. Because, yes, Peter was sad Rufio died. Like, there's no contesting that. But then... They just kind of like lay him down and then they literally just walk away. Like it's not that, okay, now Hook must die because he's killed our friend and ally. It's now yeah, let's, let's go. We've, we've done enough here. Let's, let's leave. And they only return to fight when Hook's like, I will hunt down your children, essentially. And then even after Hook's dead, they all just kind of shrug and they're like, who's going to be the next leader of the Lost Boys? Yeah. I mean... I think the reason why he doesn't, why Peter doesn't try to fight any more than he has to, mm-hmm. is, you know, I think Peter has no desire to have his kids watch him kill a man. Sure, and there's some um, the, some merit to that for sure. And and fundamentally, I just don't think Peter is the the is or has ever been the kill a man type of guy. <laughs> I don't think so. Right, as a kid. He, you know, he liked to fight and he liked adventure, but he wasn't, he wasn't out to kill anyone. Well, okay. I, I agree. Yes, you're right. Sorry. And, and, and as a trained adult with a proper education, he understands the legal ramifications. <laughs> he does. Which right. I'm also At just At the very curious. least, this is going to be a hefty civil suit. So I, I'm, I'm in completely, <laughs> I'm in a complete agreement with you. But it also raises the question, what the heck happened? So what started the whole dispute with Hook and Pan that it actually got to the point where Peter cut off a human being's hand and fed it to an animal? I, like, that's, that's messed up. Yeah, I mean, like, what initially starts the dispute between Hook and Pan? I don't know. I mean, there's movies that try to... Okay. Try to explain this. Um sure. I mean, this movie kind of like I I think it's 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 kind of a a, a 
yin and yang. It's kind of a light side of the forest, dark side mm-hmm. of the forest, kind of a sure. Batman and Robin thing. Yep. I think, you know, like Hook talks about how he, Hook's been longing for a fight with Peter. Sure. Right? That's that's Hook's motivation behind all of this is he wants Peter to come back and fight him. Yep. And yep. he doesn't want either of it to end in death because mm. he full on, you know, he says, like, I will, if you beat me in this fight, the assumption is never if you beat me in this fight, I'll be dead. Mm-hmm. The assumption is if you beat me in this fight, I'll return your kids to you. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So... Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, but I, I, I think that's why he doesn't fight in front of his kids Yeah. or he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not out to kill anyone. Right. No. Um, yeah. Um, before dying, Rufio tells Peter he wishes he had a father like him. Yeah. Wow. Inspired by Rufio's last words and angered by Hook's vow to continue to come after his children, uh, Peter has a one-on-one sword fight briefly with Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, Hook eventually is caught <laughs> in and <laughs> collapse uh, caught in the collapse of the taxidermized crocodile crocodile that had previously devoured his hand mm-hmm. uh, and is eaten by the crocodile crocodile. Um, yeah, like the thing falls over and kind of. Engulfs swallows him. him whole. Yeah. yeah, which again is one of those like, I mean, from a from a look at it as a serious film standpoint, there's mm-hmm. a lot of plot holes there. You're oh, like, yeah, okay, sure, well, you know, yeah. but but I think this film's got so much built-in liberty mm-hmm. because it's Neverland. It's the answer f- is the answer is it's Neverland, and things don't work hear the same way they work everywhere else it's it's a fantastical place where fantastical things happen so for yeah. me it was a perfect ending yeah so you're so, so I, you know there's there's not many things that this film can do while they're in neverland or mm-hmm. even you know you you get the feeling that even when they're not in neverland the real world is heavily influenced by neverland neverland's got this kind of outreaching ability right. um and and so there's very little that they can do in this film that you're gonna go. Uh, I don't know if that's believable. Right. You just go. I, it's Neverland. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they've got this like built-in <laughs> freedom. Yeah. That just allows know, to for... do whatever they want. Yep. Uh, the remaining pirates surrender, ending the battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Peter, Peter, while Peter wants to stay in Neverland, Tinkerbell reminds him of his family at home. Mm. Peter turns over the sword, as well mm-hmm. as leadership of the control of the Lost Boys, um, to the Lost Boy named uh, Thudbutt. Mm, yes, and then departs Neverland and flies back to the real world. Mm-hmm. Peter wakes up in Kensington Gardens. Mm, yes, and bids a tearful farewell to Tinkerbell. Yeah. Peter races to Wendy's house and reunites with his family. Peter to which, recalls, to which, to which he like jumps by the doghouse that says Nana Nine. Nana Nine, yeah. yeah. To the, the original dog. Nanas. Yeah, to the original Nana in the original Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, and the same is like a big sheep dog, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Peter recalls Thudbutt having given him a bag of marbles before he mm. left Neverland and gives the marbles to Toodles, who mm-hmm. had been a lost boy himself as a child. Right. The bag of marbles contains pixie dust, and Toodles uses it to fly out the window. Peter admits to Wendy that his adventures are not yet over as he hugs his family, and they watch Toodles begin to fly to Neverland. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the end. The end. Um, yeah. I, I've got a couple things that I want to say about this. Okay. From so first, I just want to start with the Robin Williams thing. There was this. There was a scene with him in the market that I think is just absolute gold, and I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall where he did his multiple takes of this, but where Tinkerbell's like whispering in his ear, like, "Let your one arm go limp, hobble on one leg, gl- like glare with your one eye, like drool come out and go yeah." Like I just, I loved that Robin Williams just that that's that was made for him right but i wonder if this film if it was the film's success of pinning us against this such uh, like this serious businessman or if it was just that it felt so unnatural for robin williams to play him or maybe it was a bit of both hmm do you, do you, do you get with my him, difference with, with him playing the lawyer you mean yeah like is it that I felt so like it feels so wrong for Robin Williams to play such a stiff or that them just built it up and like the creative team did such a good job to make us feel that it was unnatural. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I it never it never catches me off guard as as not um it it never strikes me as a oh, I'm not buying this. Mhm. Right, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know, and and I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't buy it either. I'm just saying that Robin Williams plays it so well that I'm, I look at him as the lawyer, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like you are, too, like take a look at yourself in the mirror. You, what have you become? Right. Um, so ultimately, with this movie, because as we've said multiple times, I don't think I had actually watched this movie in full before. Okay. I ultimately, so I liked it, just to be clear. I ultimately don't know why I like this film. I'm not sure if I like it as a continuation of this magical universe of Neverland and the journey that it takes us on, or if I like it specifically just if it was, if I just watched it as a standalone Robin Williams film that touches on, you know, real human experiences of childhood being brief and the magical aspect that is childhood and how like it's a fleeting glimpse and i'm it's maybe it's not important maybe i'm just getting into semantics about being a film viewer of why i like this film i don't know exactly why but yeah it's it's a pretty cool movie i i will say this i went into this having this as my of the four movies we had as a voting option this was the dead last it's it raised up in the ranking of the four films after viewing it okay so instead of last where would it fall probably still third okay what what did it beat out it beat out et okay yeah when was the last time you watched et within the last two years okay yeah that's much more recently than i've seen it yeah yeah 
No, I, I think I haven't seen E.T. in probably oh probably fifteen years. Oh wow. Yeah. No, I I think like this movie I think I ultimately maybe prefer the cartoon a little bit more of Peter Pan just because I had seen the cartoon as a child, so there's probably some nostalgia playing in there. But I feel obviously Hook is the more superior film. It's just way more rich and developed because of just the topic material that it or the the material that that it covers and just it just touches on all these heartwarming concepts of the magic of childhood and don't overlook it and don't waste it and and value it for what it is and it's so short and it's so brief just yeah it it hits it, yeah. it hits in the feels so for me i feel like the reason I love this film so much sure, is that start to finish, the film is just completely magic. Hmm. Um, and, and at no point do I not buy the film. Hmm. Um, and, and I feel like this film makes me believe things that I know are otherwise not true. So hmm. like, for instance, yeah, I just feel like the way that they create the world. Sure. The way that they explain that, um, you know, this is Wendy, her and her, her and her brothers made up the stories, all this stuff, except they didn't make them up. Hmm. And they are true. Right. And, and this man is a grown up Peter. Hmm. And all of these like, you know, right. th- th- because the film, because the film and, and through Peter's eyes and, and whatever, because the film says, basically the message of this film, mm-hmm. what they're trying to tell you is, although this sounds impossible, right. this is the truth. Right, right. And, and I think because they acknowledge how unlikely this is, mm-hmm. right, they say, this this sounds insane but here's the true story yeah you go <laughs> it, it 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 gives you the ability to say you know like if they just gave you if you sit down and you watch chronicles of narnia they just sure. say this is the way it is accept it <laughs> and you go ah but that's not the way the world works <laughs> right whereas hook sure. hook goes we understand the way the world works mm However, it doesn't work the way you thought it did. Hmm. There's 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 a, there's an underlying secret here. Right. Kind of a national treasure mystery mm, sure. kind of thing. Yep. Um and, and and that enables you to go Oh. Mm. Okay. <laughs> right. Like like it, it it for me hook allows me to buy into this story sure. it allows me to go yep okay okay <laughs> this is you know i i will i will concede to this being plausible i sure. will sure you know and and to me i think it just rekindles some sort of childhood magic not even mm. not even specifically nostalgia about this film sure but just sort of childhood magic that there is potentially um so as a kid 
around Easter time, Cadbury used to release um, <laughs> this. You could get this like, I don't even know what it was. It was like this printed out brochure thing, but it was it was it was geared towards children, and it was basically a map. Oh, um, a well drawn out map with pictures and stuff hmm. of the the world, the dimension, the the area that the Easter Bunny was from, the Cadbury oh, cool. Easter Bunny. Sure. Um, and and and. You know, and and you saw all this incredible, magical, but but somehow still grounded within reality to an extent, and and it just it made you believe that somewhere out there, as a kid, you believe somewhere out there, there's this incredible place, right? That's um, real. That's real. That's real, and. And if only, if you could only just catch a glimpse of it, mm-hmm. um, it would be so, so wonderful. Fantastical. And I think Hook does the same thing for me. Hmm. That's, Hook goes, that's cool. Hook, Hook bridges the magic of Neverland mm. to our world and explains how, how that's able to coexist. Right. Um, and, and yeah, and I think does it. Does it masterfully? Because even, you know, like at the end of the film, Smee. Right. We see Smee back in the real world. Right. Yeah. So Smee's, Smee's now, because I think, you know, like towards the end of the film, mm-hmm. Smee's like, you know, what about Smee? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I got to get the hell out of Dodge here. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah. Things are, things are not, things we're are not going to win this. Going down here. We're not going to win this. No. Um, and so he, he, he kind of <laughs> gets all of his stuff. Yeah. He, he steals some of Captain Hook's riches. Starts looting. Um, starts looting. Yeah. Starts looting and, and he takes off. And, and so when he gets back, mm-hmm. he has this kind of, you know, he's pushing the bottles along and, and looks at Peter mm-hmm. and says like, you know, cr- cracks a joke, says like rough night with the missus or something, <laughs> right? Cause, yeah. And, and but but my girlfriend pointed out, mm-hmm. does so with a bit of a smirk. Right. Does so with a, with, with a little bit of a wink. Yeah. A little bit of a, mm-hmm. yes, it's me. Yeah. I know it's you. I'm aware. But, uh, it, it, and just kind of this like, but we can't ever speak of that, right? But 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 that that was a different life mm-hmm. at a different world, yep. And, yep. and we can't people can't know about that magic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and to me that's so cool that now he's you know he's gotten out and he's he's gonna he's gonna age he's gonna live his life and he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna do whatever. But yeah. um, I have some trivia for you. Yeah. Can I, is that weird? No, it feels like I'm, a role reversal. People, people are going to be a little off, thrown off here, and I'm excited for it because I love trivia. So, I, people, you need to deal with it. The one thing I just want to tell you is, you did pose that question to me. Does this movie convince me? Does it make me believe in the magic it's talking about? And yeah, I'm, prior I, to prior to watching prior to watching it, and I hope I didn't miss the boat. Maybe it's just people different have different interpretations. I'm hoping I'm not missing the boat. But to me, yes, found the magic that it was telling me about, but it was more of the magic of childhood and imagination and just just not being closed off to those things. Cool. So and that's yeah. good. That's, Trivi- I'm content with tri- that. 
Yeah. Trivia trivia is... I'm so pumped. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it up. So, this mostly has to do with... Um, it mostly has to do with cameos. Oh, okay. Cool. That are in this film. In Hook. In Hook. Okay. All right. Because there are many cameos. There, there are? There are many cameos in this film. Huh. So, initially... Okay. When they and and some of these I'll give you options, some sure. of them I won't. Okay, okay. That, that seems logical. Um, when uh, when the kids are first kidnapped, they have sort of a the 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 royal guard, the 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 Bobby, come around, right? They call oh, the police. Sh- they call sure. the British yep. police. Yep. Okay. Um, and there's sort of a detective there who suggests, mm-hmm. um, you know, well, it might not be. <laughs> You know, they might not be serious. What is it? And yet, they given, think it's like I know, some I know. prank. It's like, well, he's like, given the history of the family and the whole right. that this has been signed, like, maybe it's a prank. And I'm thinking like, okay, but <laughs> like, they still took the kids. The kids like, are still missing, regardless of why. That's, that's a prank. Um, yeah. Who who plays that detective? Oh. Um... I'm not going to give you options. Oh, I, I honestly, this is, I'm probably going to just say, I don't know. Cause I'm trying to picture what he even looked. Did he, he had like a mustache, I think, right? He had a mustache. He kind of had receding hairline, short, little, little more stout. I'm, I'm just going to say Sean Connery. Cause that's my go-to if I don't know who it is. <laughs> I have, I could not tell you who. So that detective was played by Phil Collins. Like the, the music, like the singer, the s- yeah, like the the Genesis drummer, like the, the in Tarzan the air, soundtrack, the, yeah, the in the air tonight, Phil. <laughs> yeah, that was Phil Collins. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Um. Next step. <laughs> really? Okay. That's there actually pretty is, dope. There's a scene where we're we're kind of having flashbacks where Peter keeps coming back. Wendy's aging. Okay. Who plays? Mm-hmm. Young Wendy. Who who plays the Wendy that right. like the youngest Wendy when when she first you know Peter comes in and she turns around with this big <sighs> grin on her face and says Peter. Right. Okay. This is this is. I'm. A, I'm not sure if there were multiple people portraying her and if I'm guessing the wrong one. If that's the case. But my only guess is because I think I saw her in this sequence. Is it Gwyneth Paltrow? It is. Okay, I wondered. I'm I'm a pretty I'm a average to above average Gwyneth Paltrow fan. So when she showed up, I'm like, wait a minute, is that her? Yeah. So that one I was a little bit more aware to. When Peter and Tink are first, when when Tink's taking Peter back to Neverland. At the beginning. At the beginning. Okay. Yep. They, as they're flying over the city, okay, dust falls from Tink onto a couple that are kissing on a bridge, okay, and that couple begin to to float, float, right? Okay. Can you kind of picture that scene? I, I actually, uh, yeah, yep. Who is the couple? And I, and I'll give you options. So I, before you give me the options, like I. I guess just being raised in the CGI era, I really didn't pay attention to that. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's just non-human no, those beings. those were people. Yeah, no, those were okay. people. 
Okay. Wow. Okay. So, okay. was it? Okay. Steven Spielberg and his wife. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which would make sense. That would that that's my go-to so far. Would it be Roy Disney, the the nephew of Walt Disney, and and kind Ooh. of the was the head of Disney for a very long time? Roy okay. Disney and his wife. Okay. Is it George Lucas? And Carrie Fisher. Okay. Or is it Harrison Ford? Ooh. And Angelina Jolie. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I'm not going to Google anything just because I don't want to ruin it, but I'm just curious what the eight, like, to me, just Harrison Ford and Angelina Jolie seem too different in age. I could be wrong. I don't know her age off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be it's a similar difference similar. to okay. George. Maybe even yeah, like George Lucas <laughs> Actually, and Carrie Fisher would have a true. huge age difference as well. Um. Yeah. So two two of those have a big age difference. Yeah. Okay. My only. I'm not going to draw this out just because I have zero, zero idea. I'm probably going to go with one of the first two because the last two are not married people. Like, they're not married people. And I know people who aren't married kiss in movies all the time. So that's not that big of a deal. But it just seems logical that it's probably someone who's married but also has some clear, direct connection to the movie. Yeah, Steven Spielberg would make sense because he directed the film. Yeah, and then Roy, Roy Disney, Disney would because, make sense just because it's kind. It'd be kind yeah. of like a paying homage to. I'm probably. Disney. I'm. It'd be a coin flip between those two, and I'm probably just gonna go Roy Disney just because I could see it being like, hey, is a Easter egg Disney, blah blah blah. So I'm gonna go Roy Disney and whoever he was supposed to be kissing. Okay, uh, well the correct answer is that that is Steven Spielberg's good friend. George Lucas <laughs> and Carrie Fisher. Seriously? Yeah. yeah, that's George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Now, and I don't know, like they're just silhouettes, so I don't know if they're actually kissing. Uh, sure, okay. Um, but Fair. that is, but they is play them. the couple on the bridge that, that float. <laughs> that's actually kind of funny. Yeah. Interesting. And Steven Spielberg used um, used Carrie Fisher as sort of the original prototype for his Tinkerbell design. Oh, really? So, yeah, some hmm. of the early drawings and stuff. Hmm. I don't know if she was ever intended to play the role. Okay. Um, okay. There is some merit to the Angelina Jolie thing. Oh, really? Um, so, at the time of this film, Angelina Jolie was like 12 years old, but okay. was on set. Oh, really? Um, so, Angelina Jolie's father, John Voight, okay. the actor. Yep. Do you, do you know about that? You know that I, they're... <laughs> It sounds familiar, but I couldn't so, tell so, you. So John Voight plays Nick Cage's dad in the um, National Treasure movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right, so he's he's Angelina Jolie's dad. Okay, you're just... That's not even a trivia question. You're just blowing me away with all these facts, but continue. Uh, so, he's, so he's... John is good friends with Dustin Hoffman. Okay. Okay. And so and and so John's kids, Angelina Jolie and her brother, wanted to come visit the set to see Captain Hook, to do all this stuff, and Dustin Hoffman said, "Sure." And while 
I, I guess at the time Angelina Jolie's got like you know big like braces on her teeth, and she's kind of this <laughs> sure. lanky, thin teenage like just kid. you know just kind of an awkward looking kid. Yeah. Um, well, a little more awkward than usual by the you know, by the sounds <laughs> okay. of it. And so, anyways, they're having this. Dustin Hoffman recounts a story mm. of him having a conversation with her and her telling him that she's going to be an actress. Oh, really? And Dustin Hoffman goes home that night and tells his wife about this mm-hmm. and just remembers telling her what a difficult time he thought she was going to have just because she was so awkward looking. It's just like not an attractive person that she was really going to struggle to be an actress. Oh, boy. Um, and, oh, but I mean, he tells that story with, with you know. Sure, sure. With fu- funny recollection. Yeah. Final question. Okay. And this is the one, I hope you don't know this one, because this is like Please. the best cameo Easter egg of all. Okay. All right. Cool. You mentioned the pirate that gets put into the boo box. Okay. And has the yep. scorpions put all over him. Correct. Right? Yeah. Uh, who plays that pirate? The one in the box. The one that gets put in the box. Yeah. Oh. Are you, uh, he did not seem familiar to I'm, me. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the question a little more interesting. Okay. Can you name the actress who plays that pirate? <laughs> <laughs> what? Huh. Oh. No. I like I definitely cannot. Is there so that, any type of hint you can give? Um without if not I, that that's okay. I yeah, I don't know, probably not. Yeah, okay. Who who? That is Glenn Close. Oh, sorry. That you got to who is that? She plays Cruella DeVille in the live-action 101 oh, Dalmatians. Oh, seriously? Yeah, that's Glenn Close. <laughs> I have to re-watch that scene. That's actually incredible. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's so good. So where would you rate this film, scale of 1 to 10? Well, just before you do that, those were really good questions. I like that. Thanks. That was actually super. I was I, up I actually... all night working on it. <laughs> I, can I give you just a little Easter egg about the cartoon? Just yes. because I found this interesting. It's not a trivia question. Okay. Um, actually, I'll ask this question. Between when Walt Disney sat at a table with some important people and said, let's make a Peter Pan movie, to when the movie came out in 1953, how many years do you think spanned between that first conversation and 1953? Because, um, you know, movies take some time to make. It's not just like, hey, let's make it, and then it comes out next month. You know, there's some, yeah. some years involved. I mean, that's a fantastic question. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, because I'm pretty sure, like, Peter Pan, Peter Pan first um, first hits the scene in, like, 1902 or something, 1903. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Peter Pan's been a thing for, like, 50 years. Right. Um, right. Hmm. I'm going to say 15 years. You're actually close. That's actually respectable, but it was actually 18 years. Okay. There there was so many obstacles. So Walt Disney sat down and in 1935, 
thought, hey, I want to make another film, my second film after Snow White and the Second Door or Seven Dwarves. And the problem was the rights of Peter Pan were held by Paramount. Uh, the Hospital for Sick Kids in London tried to make a deal for Disney to get the rights from Paramount, but it took years to get the rights. Finally, in 1939, Disney got the rights. They were working on it. And then while they were working on it, this little dispute called World War II started. And after the bombing of Pearl Harbor in December of 41, the United States military actually took control of the studio and commissioned Walt Disney Productions to produce training and war propaganda films. So kind of Peter Pan kind of got shelved and put on the back burner. The war ended, but it wasn't until about 1947 that Disney's financial health kind of was more stabilized. And then eventually they started working on it again. Apparently they were kind of deciding between Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, and Peter Pan, and they felt that Peter Pan was the the go-to, so they went with it, and finally in 53 it was it was released. Huh. And I just found that fist interesting. I kind of knew about that before, like just as a film fan that it, there was like a long gap between of when it was first kind of thought on a board, you know, a a board office table somewhere to where it was actually released and they knew the war was involved somehow, but so, and, and so another interesting tidbit about that movie, um, Mm. there is a version. So when you're watching, when, um, when they're first leaving, Leaving. when, when, when Wendy and the kids are, are they're first flying out the window and they're headed off towards, Neverland. Yep. You see, as they're flying out over, dust falls on Nana as well. Okay. And Nana starts to float up. Okay. Um, and and kind you can kind of see her flying along behind them. Right. Um, but then Nana's never. That's the last you see her. Like she's not in Neverland. Um, there is a there was an alternate version of the film where Nana goes to Neverland with them. Oh, really? Um, Okay. But that all got cut, and so. There's hmm. a kind of a plot hole. Uh, cool. I have one last hook question, actually, that ties in directly. I forgot about and it. Ties in directly to the original. Okay. Okay. Um, so in the original, the Lost Boys. Okay. Uh, they're all dressed up. There's like a, there's raccoons and there's yeah a fox and yep. there's a skunk and there's you know whoever. Sure. Name name the skunk. <laughs> I mean, you just watched it the other night, right? So you should have... Like, the actor who voiced the skunk? No, no, no. What, what's the name of the Lost Boy? Oh. I don't think I could do that. I'm trying to... I, I think I'm... Maybe I should know this, but I don't know. So, the skunk's name... Rufio. Is Toodles. Oh, so that is there's there's the story. There's the story oh. of this this elderly man who yes. has forgotten how to you know has forgotten yeah. the magic has forgotten whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Thanks. I thought so. Um. So as far as out of ten, I gave this movie a seven point seven. Nice. I would absolutely pay money to see it in theaters. Not my favorite movie of all time. So it's, uh, you know, watching it once didn't catapult it into probably the same territory as your perception of the movie. 
but like I said, it did move up. Like it did move up in its ranking of Steven Spielberg films to me. And I would probably like, I would absolutely watch this movie again. Yeah. It's so good. It is. Yeah. Uh, what, I gave what it, is, I, I gave it a 9.3. That, and that makes sense to me. And I like, that seems valid because it's a good movie and I can understand why you'd give it a higher mark than I would. That's when, that seems and, fair. And like, I like this movie so much that when it was over, okay. I I went online and looked to see if there was maybe a horrible, <laughs> low budget, never should have been made spin-off by some other company indie short film that was a continuation of this world. Was there? No. Thank no, God. much to my disappointment. Um, oh, you, because, you would because have watched like, it? Well, yeah, because I was like, even if it's awful, I just like mm. just continue the story. Just give me more. Just tell right. me. It's kind of like the people who hate the Hobbit movies, but they're like, hey, I love the Lord of the Rings universe that I'll just take whatever. Even if it's yeah. not a good movie, I'll just watch it regardless. So when I, I guess during the filming of this film, um, sure. Steven Spielberg became really good friends with Robin. Oh, really? Um, and then when Robin passed away, oh yeah, Stephen watched the film sort of in um, in remembering remembrance sure. of him, sure, um, but couldn't get through it. Oh wow! And wept for several hours afterwards, like just wow. couldn't because to him it's the quintessential Robin Williams film, right? Um, right, and and. I don't know. I mean, I I, I would say it's t- it's there's other contenders, but I, I I don't know if I could flat out. I don't know if I could come up with a strong enough argument to disprove someone who argued that it's the quintessential Robin Williams film. Yeah, I'm probably with right. you on that one. E- e- right? Even if I disagreed, I, I I don't know if I could disagree strongly enough to disprove someone else. Yeah, no, I don't think so. So, and, um, yeah. so I have one question. Yeah, for sure. Would you Would you watch this week? Hmm, interesting. So I didn't watch a whole lot other than like I obviously watched Hook and I watched Peter Pan to set up the watching of Hook. So I watched those two films. The only other film I watched is my recommendation to you. And well, I hope I hope you watched the recommendation I gave you. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm looking right at it. Sorry. I only watched three films in addition to Medicine Man. Sorry. Okay. Uh so, so I tell I, me I watched... about Medicine Man. I'm so curious. I want to so, hear your So here's the thing. I and and we spoke about it briefly, but I didn't tell you anything about spe- specific nitty-gritty details. I'm actually very impressed with this recommendation to me. Because I absolutely scooped up like everything that this movie had to offer. Like it was a very interesting movie to me and I enjoyed the viewing and I'm a little, I'm actually incredibly surprised that it got 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got an awful rating. Like I'm glad I didn't look up, I'm, I'm glad I didn't look up the rating before going into watching the movie or else I probably would have had just my, my back in an arch being like, okay, let's watch this crap and get it over with. Because, and I, I don't understand why there's such a kind of drop off between 
how I think the movie is and where Rotten Tomatoes had it. But regardless, um, I enjoyed the premise and the setting. Enjoyed, and you, you know this, maybe this is part of the reason you recommended it. I absolutely enjoyed the 90s aspect to it. Yeah, oh yeah. It was a little... it. It didn't throw me off, but it took some getting used to seeing... And I love Sean Connery, and I loved him in this film. It took some getting used to seeing him with a ponytail, right? Yeah. I think this Um, was... I think this movie may have been... Like, my parents owned this movie on VHS as a kid. And so I think maybe that was my first real solid exposure to Sean Connery. Oh, Um, cool. So to me, Sean Connery had a ponytail. Like, that was... That was just yeah. that. So it, it to seeing him like that is unnatural to me. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, this movie was really cool. The one thing I didn't like was the woman's accent, her Brooklyn accent, her Bronx accent. It felt a little forced. Maybe if it's a real accent, then I apologize to her because then it's just how she speaks, and I feel bad for calling her out on it. But it was a very cool movie. It I loved it just from just just sitting down watching a movie at the, that element of it also just dealt with some ethical dilemmas of saving the life of an individual versus that coming at the cost of the greater good and do you let someone die as a result of potentially saving the world it it, it had a bit of everything just both just on the surface level enjoyment of a movie and then some deeper kind of underpinnings my my only beef with it is it went into the cliche that a lot of things do as far as film in that it 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 had the annoying cliche of we found the cure for cancer and and that's that's just a beef because there is no cure for cancer like every type of cancer is so individualized that there will never be a magic bullet that cures every single cancer like colon to thyroid to skin to whatever you name it and i i don't I, i didn't decrease my grading of the movie based on this flaw like it's just a cliche that's both in film and in society but yeah that's just that's nitpicking i I think the film um it does only like he refers to it it's referred to as cancer a couple of times sure um but it's also referred to a couple of times specifically as lymphoma true um And so I wonder if, you know, yep. if it was, but yeah, I just love the interaction. I love the energy. I love yeah. Yeah, my favorite scene is mm-hmm. when, yeah, he tells her like, um, you know, none of the new serums work. Yes. Right. I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've lost, I've lost the, the serum. Yep. And she says, what do you mean? I, what do you mean you've lost it? Mm-hmm. And he, he, just loses it right <laughs> yeah he says i mean i had the effing cure to the plague of the 21st century and now mm-hmm. i've lost it haven't you yep. ever lost something now you yep. have it now you yep. don't your car keys your purse what's well, much like that like he <laughs> yes. just he just flips out on it <laughs> yeah um but yeah there's so much character development in this movie yeah. he goes from being sort of misogynistic to yep. to yep. fully embracing her she yes. goes from being um maybe too detached from the world of mm. field research and, and too detached from um, she's become more centered around results and, and, and has lost sort of the understanding of why they're looking for the answers that they're looking for in the first, she's lost the human mm. element. 
Sure. Um, and so yep. she regains that, and and, yep. and then it, the whole thing's devastated in the end by the wildfire. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you know, but then they rebuild. You know, the plan yep. is they're going to rebuild, and she's got yep. this blue thing on her forehead, so her fiance is <laughs> not going to marry her anyways. And, you know, like, yeah, it's so good. This movie literally has everything. Like, it has a sense of adventure as it starts off. It has a sense of just and like just curiosity of why is this serum not being found. It has like an environmental kind of us mistreating the environment component. Like it has to me, it was such a good movie. Yeah. I'm I'm going to start an online petition on why it ranked so low on Rotten Tomatoes because that's a crime. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. No. I re- I really don't get it. I don't get it either. I gave it. A, I maybe said this, but I gave it a seven point two. I would absolutely pay money to see this in theater. Nice. Um. So yeah, the other. So I watched that. I watched Peter Pan. I watched Took. The only other movie, uh, is my recommendation to you. It's a two thousand two film. Hopefully, I haven't seen this one. I hope so. I I hope so too. That that was so disappointing with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I was so hoping you hadn't seen it. Um, so this movie, the director, I don't think you're the biggest fan of. But if it's any consolation, it's separate. It's different than his other movies, I'd find. It's less fantastical. Um, there's two kind of ties to what we watched this week that I think connect to this. So like Medicine Man... This movie kind of deals with, does the end justify means? And it kind of raises a question on what's right and what's wrong and what cost and whatnot. But the the other main tie is it has Robin Williams, but not in a comedic, heartwarming, fantastical role. I'm it's so a, curious. So it's a 2002 Christopher Nolan film called Insomnia. Okay. It, it has Robin Williams, Al Pacino, Hilary Swank. Um, yeah, I, I started watching it a couple weeks ago, and then I just just got busy, so I stopped. And then I was when we were watching Hook with Robin Williams, and then after watching Medicine Man, I kind of picked this up, started it over, and I was like, this, to me, it gels so well with these movies we just watched that it's my recommendation to you. I hope awesome. you enjoy it, but we'll see. Cool. What, what did you watch this week? I watched Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Um, oh. Which I just, I love the art style. Yeah. Right? Like, it's so good. It's, it's just, that movie is, unlike Medicine Man, they got it right when they gave it a lot of critical acclaim. That movie just deserves everything good that's said about it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's all I can really say about that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the other film I watched is my recommendation to you. Okay. It's a two thousand. Which you sent me. You sent me some peculiar screenshots that I yeah. could not figure out. You couldn't decipher. It's a no. two thousand and eight film. Oh. Um, and it's a film not without its flaws. Uh, sure. Like it's not perfect. It's not. There's some. Okay. Ma- there's sort of some major plot holes in it. Um, okay. But it's just fun. It's a fun. Um, pop some popcorn sure. and sit and and yeah. watch the ridiculous action <laughs> that's happening okay um i'm i'll be surprised if you haven't seen it oh okay sure um but i'm hoping you haven't seen it in a while okay. uh, or best case scenario you haven't seen it okay um it has morgan freeman in it 
Hmm. Okay. It has Angelina Jolie in it. Oh, I think I... Mm, continue, but I might know where you're going. It has Terrence Stamp in it. Right. It has James McAvoy in it. What? <sighs> hmm. What what is... Where did you think I was going? I don't... No, just I tell can't... me. What was your guess? No, like I literally can't tell you because I'm drawing a blank and I can't think of what movie the movie title was that it's called. Okay, well, is it called this just justified or something? No, so this movie's called Wanted. Wanted, that's it. Yeah, have you seen it? If I have, I don't know if I've seen it all or if I've it for sure hasn't been recently. Okay, we'll give it a watch. Like I said, it's it's got issues. Um, okay. sure. but it's, but just watch it as a goofy, sure, over the top comedy. Okay, yeah, or not comedy, action film, <laughs> <laughs> romantic comedy. Yeah. I mean, there's a funny, there's a couple of Chris Pratt's in it, so it's got some what? funny, really. Yeah. But okay. like, but like, fat Chris Pratt, like <laughs> right. before like he before, got before before Jurassic World, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right, chubby, chubby Chris Pratt. Chris chubby Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah, I actually, I, yeah, you know, back when he was Chris Fat instead of. Chris <laughs> Fat. Anyways, uh, do you have any shoutouts for anyone? I do. Okay. Um, who is it? Hmm. Is so it far, Caitlin? so good, man. Yeah, is it Caitlin Suarez? Yes, she was. She deserves a shout out for how all over the voting she was for Hook. Yes. Like, she was it like wasn't, a... Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, oh, hey, I'm just checking my grandma's birthday and writing on her wall on Facebook. Oh, hey, look, Hook's here. I'll give it a like. Like, it was like a systematic, planned out, orchestrated... She was, yeah. She was like, mold on an old bagel, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. No, my shout out goes to her because she was all over it and she won. So I hope she enjoyed this episode. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. She'd better. She'd better. She, okay. After all that trouble, she'd better listen. I, I, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Or we'll have to, we'll, we'll set, we'll send the boys around to pay her a visit. <laughs> the lost boys. Yes. Toodles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, any shout outs? No, no, okay. no, I'm just oh. saying goodbye. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs>